I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. We're reading through the Bible chronologically, and therefore in the Old Testament, while we're reading Second Samuel, we're also reading First Chronicles, because they record the same incidents. First Chronicles, of course, was written for the sake of the exiles, the returning exiles in 535 B.C., so today we're looking at 2 Samuel chapters 8 and 9 and 1 Chronicles chapter 18. First, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 8, paralleled with 1 Chronicles chapter 18. 2 Samuel 8, 1. And after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Metheg Amma out of the hand of the Philistines, and he smote Moab and measured them with a line, casting them down to the ground. Even with two lines measured he to put to death, and with one full line to keep alive. And so the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. David smote also Hadad Ezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to recover his border at the river Euphrates. And David took from him a thousand chariots and seven hundred horsemen and twenty thousand footmen, and David hoofed all the chariot horses, but reserved them for an hundred chariots. And when the Syrians of Damascus came to succor Hadad Ezer, king of Zobah, David slew of the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became servants to David and brought gifts. And the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. And David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of Hadad Ezer and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Betah and from Berothai, cities of Hadad Ezer, King David took exceeding much brass. Then Toai, king of Hamath, heard that David had smitten all the host of Hadad Ezer. Then Toai sent Joram his son unto King David to salute him and to bless him, because he had fought against Hadad Ezer and smitten him. For Hadad Ezer had wars with Toai. And Joram brought with them vessels of silver, and vessels of gold, and vessels of brass, which also King David did dedicate unto the Lord with the silver and gold that he had dedicated of all nations, which he subdued. Of Syria, and of Moab, and of the children of Ammon, and of the Philistines, and of Amalek, and of the spoil of Hadad Ezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. And David gat him a name when he returned from smiting of the Syrians in the Valley of Salt, being 18,000 men. And he put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all Edom put he garrisons. And all they of Edom became David's servants, and the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. And David reigned over all Israel, and David executed judgment and justice unto all his people. And Joab the son of Zeruiah was over the host, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. And Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, were the priest. And Saraiah was the scribe. 
And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over both the Carathites and the Pelophites, and David's sons were chief rulers. Now let's look at the same occasion, same recording, but over in First Chronicles chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. Now after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them, and took Goth and her towns out of the hand of the Philistines. And he smote Moab, and the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. And David smote Hadad-Ezer, king of Zobah, unto Hamath, as he went to establish his kingdom by the river Euphrates. And he took David from him a thousand chariots, and seven thousand horsemen, and twenty thousand footmen. David also hoofed all the chariot horses, but reserved them an hundred chariots. And when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadad-Ezer, king of Zobah, David slew the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. Then David put garrisons in Syria, Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought gifts. Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. And David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of Hadad-Ezer and brought them to Jerusalem. Likewise from Tibhath and from Khan, cities of Hadad-Ezer, brought David very much brass, wherewith Solomon made the brazen sea and the pillars and the vessels of brass. Now when two king of Hamath heard how David had spent all the host of Hadad-Ezer king of Zobah, he sent Hadoram his son to king David to inquire of his welfare and to congratulate him because he had fought against Hadad-Ezer and smitten him, for Hadad-Ezer had war with two. And with him all manner of vessels of gold and silver and brass. Then also king David dedicated to the Lord with the silver and the gold that he brought from all these nations, from Edom and from Moab, and from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines and from Amalek. Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zerahiah, slew of the Edomites in the valley of Salt, 18,000. And he put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became David's servants. Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. So David reigned over all Israel and executed judgment and justice among all his people. And Joab, the son of Zerahiah, was over the host, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilad, recorder. And Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Abimelech, the son of Abiathar, were the priest, and Shavshah was scribe. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites, and the Pelophites, and the sons of David were chief about the king. Now you're probably wondering about a couple of pronunciations here. Uh, Ahimelech and Abimelech are the same person. And uh, we find Ahimelech in Second Samuel, and we find Abimelech in First Chronicles 18. And then also another uh, difference in spelling is between To'ai in Second uh, uh, Samuel chapter 8 and Tu, or perhaps Ta'u, in First uh, Chronicles chapter 18. So, uh, these, again, are the same person. Now, getting a promise from God like David did, the Davidic covenant in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, paralleled by First Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 15, uh, and give you a good bit of confidence if you're David. So David goes about to expand his kingdom. By the way, to conquer or to be conquered was a rule of thumb in those days. To allow your neighbor to amass an army on your borders without taking in any kind of an action 
meant your certain demise down the road. David expands his kingdom all the way to the river Euphrates in this passage in verse 3. As a matter of fact, that's the border God had promised Abraham's descendants back in Genesis chapter 15, uh, verse 18. And that was part of the Abrahamic covenant. So at this point, David has finally acquired control of all the land that God had promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Now, I've provided a very nice detailed map uh, on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading. And let me encourage you to go look at that. And here's the reason why. Uh, There's a lot of confusion about uh, the promised land, the land that God promised to Israel. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, where it cites all the way down to the river Egypt, which is the Nile River, all the way up to the river Euphrates, that's confusing to a lot of people. And they say, well, Israel never occupied that land. Well, we see in this passage, in 2 Samuel chapter 8 and 1 Chronicles chapter 18, that David did, in fact, control all of that land during his reign. They did just simply did not choose for all the Jews to expand and live in all that land, but David certainly controlled it as part of his kingdom. Here we see that David defeats and subjugates the Philistines. David took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines. That phrase means he took control of their mother, or rather capital city. Then David defeats and subdues the Moabites. That's interesting inasmuch as David's great-grandmother, Ruth, was born and raised in Moab before she left home with Naomi for Israel. Moreover, we see in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 2, that some fascinating method of measuring by David was implemented with the Moabite prisoners of war to determine which two-thirds of them would be executed, leaving the remaining one-third as servants of Israel. Perhaps these Moabite prisoner executions were excessive. When David is denied permission to build the temple, he's told in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 8, and I quote, Thou hast shed blood abundantly. Well, this could be one of those times. Then David goes after Hadad-Ezer, king of Zobah, which was a Syrian province or kingdom to the south of Quaeli, Syria, and extending from the eastern slopes of Lebanon north and east toward the Euphrates. This king had a chariot battalion. After his defeat, the chariot's horses were intentionally crippled by David's army to prevent a subsequent attack. Saul and David had war with the kings of Zobah in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 47, and again in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 3, and again in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. It's no wonder that King Toan, a.k.a. Ta'u, a.k.a. Tu, it's no wonder he brought offerings to David, better to be David's friend than his enemy, David had just conquered everything around him, and after the defeat of the Edomites, his name was known everywhere. I think we can assume that David's border with Egypt probably extended to the Nile River, thus fulfilling Genesis fifteen eighteen. That passage says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have he given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. It would appear that this was, in fact, David's goal. David was definitely on a roll in 1 Chronicles chapter 18, verse 13. It tells us why. It says, Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. Then take special notice of 1 Chronicles eighteen fourteen. It says, 
So David reigned over all Israel and executed judgment and justice among all his people. David was a just king, and the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went, we're told in the passage. David's reign was certainly not one of oppression or cruelty. His became the Old Testament model for reigning. The office of high priest was shared by Abiathar and Zadok in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 17, 1 Chronicles chapter 18, verse 16. That was during David's reign. If you want to see the notes on 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 6 through 23, you can gain an understanding of how this actually came to be. Zadok was a descendant of Aaron's son, Eleazar, while Abiathar was a descendant of Aaron's other son, Ithamar. The priesthood had been assigned exclusively to the descendants of Eleazar's son, Phinehas, back in Numbers chapter 25, 13. That was because of his decisive action when Israel stumbled into idolatry. In subsequent generations, this decree seems to have been overlooked by the Israelites. Eli, who was Samuel's mentor in 1 Samuel chapter 2, well, he wasn't a descendant of Phinehas. Later on, after David's reign, while Abiathar, who was a descendant of Eli, and his ancestors had enjoyed the office of high priest, he was deposed by Solomon because he took part in the attempt to raise Adonijah to the throne instead of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 13 to 46. Thus ended the line of priests through Ithamar, just as had been told Phinehas back in Numbers chapter 25, verse 13. It just took a few hundred years to all come to pass. Zadok's line became the exclusive line for the high priest. As a matter of fact, it's believed by many that the name Sadducees has Zadok as its root. In Jesus' day, the Sadducees exclusively filled the office of high priest. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, we find that David looks for a way to make it up to Jonathan. Remember, Jonathan was Saul's son, and of course, Jonathan and Saul were killed in battle at the same time. Verse 1, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba, And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amael, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amael, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Zibel, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, 
and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread away at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded the servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son, whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table, and was lame on both his feet. Well, before his death, Jonathan was the heir apparent to King Saul's throne. One problem, though, God had discontinued the line of kings from Saul. That happened in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8-14. through 14, And had anointed David instead, and that took place in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1-13. to 13. Now that David's in a position to do so, he finds the crippled son of Jonathan, Saul's grandson, and brings him into his care. You'll recall that Mephibosheth became crippled from a fall as his nurse was fleeing with him after the deaths of Saul and Jonathan in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1-12. through 12. Typically, a king would do everything possible to exterminate the descendants of previous kings in order to prevent their ascension to the throne at a later time. David, however, honors his friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan. He gives him servants and promises to take care of him for the rest of his life. Saul's former servant, Ziba, strikes it rich here along with his entire household. They get the pleasure of serving Mephibosheth, compliments of David. So David has subdued his enemies, built a nice house in Jerusalem, and extended kindness to Saul's descendants. You have to admit, he's on a roll. Incidentally, this man Ziba facilitates this Mephibosheth-David connection and subsequently gets a very nice job of taking care of Mephibosheth on behalf of King David. However, later on, Ziba deals treacherously with Mephibosheth, even lies about him in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1-4. through 4. You must admit, sometimes it's simply just hard to get good help. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.